Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, where for the last four and a half years, I have tried to bring a variety of really cool entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things in the world of business to share their stories. And the reason that I do this, I've sort of become a student of life, and I find that success leaves clues. And when you can bring successful people on to tell their story, I think all of us find nuggets of inspiration that help us do our jobs all that much better. And I think today's show is going to be awesome. Today, I've got with me Scott Walker. He is the CEO and founder of ScreenMobile. I think Batmobile, but for screens. Uh, if you have doors and windows, this company currently has almost 120 franchises all over the place, and they're probably someone you're going to want to know. So get ready, fasten your seatbelt, because we're going to have a really in-depth conversation with Scott about how he became an entrepreneur, about leadership, and about what you can do to get farther across that gap that exists between potential and results. Hey, but before I get started, I got to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. So I know that many of you, you have physical products that you mail to your fans and your customers, but dealing with all that physical stuff, that can be a pain and it wastes all your time going to the post office. Well, my friends at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. And as you know, if you listen to the show, that's who I work with to print the Try New Things t-shirts that so many of you are buying. You can get those at trynewthings.shop and they get printed, boom, print on demand by Amplifier and fulfilled straight out to you. They can work with big companies, small companies. They tie right into your e-commerce shop and they are wonderful to work with. And on demand, that means no inventory risk. However, as you grow, you can stock up on inventory. They have a huge warehouse. They'll take care of all of the fulfillment for you. Jump over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. Hey, speaking of today, Scott Walker is our guest. Scott, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to share some, I think, cool things. I think you're going to enjoy it. No, I, I looked into your company and, and I love to see growing companies, but you started this like 35 years ago. You've been, you've been doing uh, uh, screens for windows and doors for a long time. I have. Um, myself, my father, my brother uh, started this uh, some almost 36, 37 years ago. We're going on a 37th season. Wow. So uh, it, it's pretty exciting. Now, was it always ScreenMobile or did it start with sort of a different uh, iteration? You know, um, you know, Tom, we started in the franchising world as a, uh, a franchisee. And so one of the things that we learned real quickly is how to operate uh, a business model as a franchisee opposed to a franchisor. Mm. And that uh, business model was called the house doctor model. And so we did that for a couple of years in uh quickly found that um, the relationship in business, especially in the franchise or franchisee relationship is huge. And so if we thought if we ever started a, a franchise, you know, we would do things different than our current franchisor. And so that's how we launched Screenmobile was from the uh, foundation of a franchisee and how we would do things differently. So tell me a little bit about Screenmobile. I mean, it sounds, I guess, pretty self-explanatory that you're mobile 
and you do screens. But tell me a little bit about the company. Yeah. So, um, Tom, we're we found that um, in the in the screening world, uh, we started when there was about four thousand screening companies across the U.S. But what we f- identified. Uh, I wish we were smart enough to put a business plan together and say, hey, here's the need in that industry and we can fulfill that need. But it was more of a, a need of, hey, there's, a, there's something here. There's something um, that uh, is not being fulfilled in an industry. So we didn't really create the industry. We just created the convenience and the mobile aspect to that industry. And we did that um, uh, in, the, in, in Glendora. They, uh, you know, there's three things that came out of California garages. One was Microsoft, one was Apple, one was ScreenMobile. And <laughs> yes, so, in fact, I read about that in all the business texts that I read. It's much, always those. Much. It's always those three: Apple, yeah. HP, so, ScreenMobile. Yeah, yeah. So you can understand that. Um, and that's how we started. Was just out of a garage in California. We found that there was a need in the industry, and um, at the time, I was a little younger. And my, uh, I had, uh, weren't we all, weren't we all? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And so I had gifts and talents to be a production service technician. So did my brother, he leaned more into the operation side and, um, we, we started a family business and soon realized that uh, we could offer this service, uh, in a, in a franchise model to other people and change their life. And we started doing that. That that's that's fantastic. So, what are a few of the things that you learned being a franchisee that you implemented as a franchisor? What were some of those lessons that you're like, we're going to do this better? Yeah. So, one of the things um, that a, a franchisor really has to do well is understand the franchisee's mindset and where they're at in the startup and as they grow and develop their business. And so, one of the things that we found that was really lacking was the support. You know, you get a franchise model is, is different than most other business models. You know, when you have cool things for entrepreneurs, that's somebody that's pretty driven, going for it. Um, they have a drive. Well, a franchise model has entrepreneurs, but it's kind of a, a kind of a halfway house for entrepreneurs. Um, they're going to trade some time and dollars for knowledge and experience. And so what we found is that we have to, if, if we're going to start this, um, we have to provide a really good complete system. We have to have a model that works really well. And you have to be able to support your franchisees. um, And that supporting franchisees just takes a lot of time. And so one thing we found is you have to be committed to that franchisee to support them for the duration of their business. It's just not a one and done. It's not thank you very much. uh, And let's go. It's 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 a development of a franchise, development of a person over time that makes them a great entrepreneur. So, so before you guys started this business, did you have other business experience? What, or were you like just young and just starting along with your dad and your brother? You know, um, I actually had another business. I was, uh, had a landscaping business. And so I understood um, cash management, employees, uh, hard work, amount of time. Uh, my father was in the aerospace purchasing industry. So he is working, buying bomb parts and um, figuring all that out. Uh, and then my brother, he was uh, going to college and also working at a local grocery store. And so, um, you know, it started with pretty grassroots, uh, hardworking young men. So, you know, you have a reputation for being a really good leader as I was kind of looking you up. So, you know, you started with a landscape business and, you know, you, that you were just kind of, you know, doing that stuff. 
how did you learn to be such a great leader of a company? I mean, you know, mm. what, what brought question. you from being just a, a snot-nosed kid to being a CEO of a growing franchise organization? You know, um, there are different styles of leadership. And, um, you know, Jack Welch from, you know, GE, he's a driven, hard, pushing, um, out in front, uh, confrontational type leader. And, um, and, and then from him to all different types of leaders, um, I happen to kind of fit in the world of, um, I like to call myself, um, if my franchise system is a boat, uh, if I'm the captain of that ship, my responsibility is to move the rudder. And so I sit in a position where I know the decisions that I make um, have to be well thought out, have to look forward. So I'm, I'm forward looking in front of the franchisees. And so that's just kind of a gift. Um, I'm a methodical, conservative, steadfast person. And so I take some of those gifts and I use those in my leadership style. So I don't really waver a lot. I'm pretty solid. Um, and um, in a franchise relationship, it's really interesting that they look for that. They look for somebody that has a history of um, just being uh, solid, conservative, methodical, because they're investing their life into to you and, and how you lead the company. And so also, you know, one of the things that as far as leadership is um, in being conservative in style. Uh, we also like to um, be conservative how we spend monies. And so we, uh, we've grown the company uh, methodically along. We haven't gone for joint ventures. Um, we, we, we pay for everything cash. And that has helped us, especially we've been through three economic cycles. And that leadership style of being conservative, watching your growth, managing your expenses, making sure your staff is healthy. When we hit those bumps in the road, um, we can, uh, we don't, we don't crash. We've, we've been through those. And so you, you're prepared for them. And as they come and they float, you just kind of float through them and you have to manage uh, as you go through that. And, and so part of our style and my style is to kind of give some forward looking, some forward direction and warning franchisees, Hey, this is potentially what's coming up to you in the future. So plan and start doing some things now, knowing that we may have a change coming. And so that's part of my style also is to is one of care and compassion. I don't know if you can go to Harvard and learn that, <laughs> but, but that's part of my style and who yes. I am. I think Harvard has a compassion 101 is a mandatory class for, <laughs> for all freshmen. I, I don't think that actually. Um, yeah. So you seem to have, and, and I don't know you, but you seem to have a, a very much of a mentor style to you. Is that, is that the cor correct way to describe you when it comes to how you work with employees and franchisees? Yeah, I would say that's pretty close. And um, that's in, in our leadership style and my staff and my support people, uh, that's really important is uh, helping them um, just learn the system is the in a franchising model, that's what you're doing. You're learning a system, you know, nuts to bolts. And you have to be able to coach them and guide them through that. And so it is a one-on-one -on -one coaching, guiding, supporting uh, style. Yeah, it, mentoring and accountability is huge. So how long did it take you to get from just, you know, your dad, your brother, and you to, you know, now 118 franchises and, and growing? How, how long did that take? 36 years. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> I, I can do math. I mean, where was the growth curve? <laughs> you know, the growth curve was just after um, the first recession we hit in 97. 
Um, we had a nice growth curve um, just before the crash in 2008. Um, flattened out a little bit. You know, people were nervous about making decisions, although we have guys that have started all the way through the whole recession and and, and on. And what we found is, um, you know, as they, as they come into our system and uh, depending on their their model and what they're looking for is, is how we're growing and then also how we market and try and find these people. Uh, we've got, got kind of two different models. You have a business type model where you're going to, you're going to wear all the hats or you're going to have like an executive model where you're going to have staff and employees underneath you. So there's two different models that we, we go after. And uh, we found that we've had growth in both of those areas uh, at different parts um, but the real focus is uh, lead generating, is how do you find these people and telling the story. And when you find the story uh, and you can tell it right and people hear it, um, it's pretty appealing to that audience that's looking for it. So what do you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? I mean, it seems to be all you've ever done, but, but what, do you, what do you love about it? You know, there's a couple things that uh, really strike me well is um, I really love changing lives. And it, I happen to be in the franchising industry. So you work right with people that are making life decisions. And the, uh, what I love about it is to take somebody that's really nervous and really scared and assure them that it's okay. Um, just, just listen to the guidance, follow the system, and you'll be all right. And um, they start doing that. And then as they're they come in as a family, usually as a family team, and you see these little kids that actually walk through their their family and walk through the business with them, and and they in turn uh, it changed the destiny of the families. And so I love that about our our particular business model. Uh, that's something that's uh, really neat. You know, there's always freedom and flexibility and and decision making and and doing some of the hard things in business is 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 rewarding and encouraging. Uh, also. Um, I love learning and learning about different uh, franchisees and franchise models and business models and, and even cool things entrepreneurs do, which is just, you know, that's just the way you learn. As we get older, uh, we learn from other people. And, um, and so we, it, it's just one of the ways that, uh, that it's kind of neat it's kind of things I love to, to learn. So what advice do you have for someone who wants to start a business? Maybe, maybe they want to buy into a franchise. Or maybe they have their own idea that they want they want to start up, but but somebody who wants to to take that leap, what would you tell them? Um, from uh, I, I say it's two prong. I have two prong. One is uh, one is on the personal side, and one is on the business side. So on the personal side, um, you know, of course, putting a business plan together, uh, putting their, what their goals and objectives. They gotta they gotta be practical about the income. But really to say, hey, what, what turns me on? What, what, is, what am I excited about? And then I would break that down even further to say, uh, if I'm excited about that, is it really something I'm excited about that I can make a living at? Because you don't want to start a, a business, an entrepreneur, and, and just have a glorified hobby. Because then the pressures that you go put yourself on yourself personally, this is too extreme. So it needs to be a real business. Uh, a real business with real income uh, so that you can supply uh, resources to your family and to your business. So that's one part is making sure that it, it fits with who you are and it fits with the income you potentially could make. Um, 
The other part to that, as far as a business, you know, there's so many different business models out there, uh, business styles from, you know, franchising like I do to self-proprietors to distributorships to manufacturing to service to consulting. There's just a, a myriad of, of business models. And so, you know, look at yourself personally, you know, what kind of turns me on, what's what what's, makes me excited, what will get me up every morning, and then pick a business model that, that fits within your wheelhouse. Uh, that would be the two big categories that I would look at um, before I would 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 um, go into that. And the caution I would send out to these people is, um, if especially if you're coming from an employee to a business owner, um, don't be surprised that it's the hardest thing you've ever done, <laughs> and that you're going to put in more hours than you've ever imagined. Because God, you, uh, hard you, hit, is, you hit that on the head. Yeah, starting a, a business, whether it be a um, you know your own independent business, a distributorship, a franchise business, whoever that is, it takes a lot of work and a lot of a lot of time. And uh, the you know Tom, the eight to fives, that nah, doesn't happen. Well, uh, I I started working for myself ten years ago, April first, two thousand nine, the bottom of the recession. I got laid off from a corporate marketing job, and I called my wife and I said I got laid off today. And I'm going to go become a professional speaker. I'd been doing a lot of speaking on the side. Uh, companies around Austin were always bringing me in to talk at their team meetings. And I said, I'm just going to go do this. And people were like, you can't do this during a recession. You know, meetings are being canceled, this, that, and the other thing. Well, what happened was, is it was a great time for me to start because I didn't have like a price point that I had to discount from. I was willing yep. to go and speak for $1.95 and a chicken dinner. And I was good at it. And so people were thrilled to have me and they were telling other associations. And, you know, as the as the economy came back, I raised my prices to, you know, kind of competitive fees. But I was able to grow the business in the midst of the recession. And yep. the thing was, is that I was working 80 hours a week. Not that I was speaking that much when I started, but the marketing and the sales and the writing and the social media and all the pieces it took so that people would know who I was. You know, I, I couldn't outsource it. I had to do it all myself. And, and it was never stopping uh, but what's interesting is, is that my, my daughter who's about to graduate from college, you know, she's now looking to start her own business. She's looking at the possibility of a franchise. She's looking at starting something from scratch. She's looking at a couple different options. But one of the things is, is that she went to college to get a business degree to go to work for a big company. And she's coming out of college saying, I want to do my own thing. But she understands, she said, she told me, she goes, I understand that, you know, it's not nine to five. She goes, but... I, she, one of the things she remembers is that when I wanted to be, you know, with the kids, I could drive them to school. She likes sure. the flexibility that sort of comes along with being an entrepreneur. So, you know, it's interesting to see her go into college thinking Wall Street and come out of college saying, you know, I'm going to start my own thing. You know, flexibility and freedom, it's it, it's either a benefit or a curse um, because you can you you have to real and there's a balance between them because uh, you still have to put in the hard time. And uh, if we have somebody that leans too hard on the flexibility and, um, and uh, you know, I can go play golf today, I can go on vacation. Um, ugh, man, it causes them pain. Well, what is the old, what is the old joke that as an entrepreneur, you have total flexibility, you get to pick which 18 hours a day you want to work. There you go. Amen to that. So, Amen to that. So I always ask people who, especially when they're successful CEOs like you are, I always ask them, about why you think some entrepreneurs, and maybe you've seen this with franchisees who've been more successful than others, but one of the stuff I found in the research that I've done is that there is a gap between potential 
and results. And having potential is wonderful, but the reason that my keynote is called The Paradox of Potential is because we get so excited about potential, but potential is not the solution. It doesn't do anything without actions. So why do you think some people go farther across that gap from potential to results than others when some people just fall into the abyss? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, you know, we, have, we start everybody in our business with the same potential. We teach them the same system. Um, and we really try and find people that not only have the potential, but the potential matches what we do. So I can speak for our, our particular brand and our system. Um, sometimes when you have potential and you have the wrong opportunity, those don't align. And, and so they miss each other. And the results you'll see from that are not the results that you anticipate because they're just misaligned. You know, they may be really working really hard but they may be going the wrong direction. Um, so when somebody has the potential and then they're not getting the results, in our world, I, I see that in two different, two, different, um, um, two different issues we run into. One is um, time and, and effort. Uh, they don't put in the, the time and effort that they need to, to make it work. So they have the potential, they don't put the time and effort. The other, other you know, just to be frank with you, the other issue we find is you can have the potential. We have, have we look at everybody with the potential, but what you don't know is what's behind the curtain, and that's usually personal spending habits. And so, you know, when you look at potential and you see results, and they may have great potential, great res and getting great results, but then there's one other door you need to open up, and that door is um, is there? Are they healthy? And are they healthy professionally? And are they healthy? Um, in their business. And that has to do with um, usually what it comes down to, are they netting enough for the effort that they're putting in? And if they're spending more than they're netting or they're mismanaging their spending, um, it doesn't matter if the potential and the results, the, the, the other healthy door that you open up is, is they're not healthy. And so part of what we try and do is, is hey, everybody starts with the same potential. We teach the same system. Um, the results are going to be based upon your efforts, but then are you healthy or not is really the, 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 how you, how you withstand the test of time over, over 36 years. You know, how well do you manage not only your personal life, your business life with the potential and the results, but you also have, if you're healthy or not. That's, that's actually a great piece of advice. And, and one that I don't think I've heard put so succinctly in such, in such a great manner that, that, you know, you've got to make sure that you're making the right choices when it comes what you're, what you're mm -hmm. calling healthy is really just the right choices uh, of living within the means of your business. But also then you also touched upon, you know, sort of healthy from the physical side. There's a lot of people who get worn down. They're not taking care of the of the machine of their body. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't get to just, you know, run 10 yards and sit. You got to keep going. It's a long game. It's a long game. And anybody that starts a business, um, if they, if they, they, they make too, sometimes they make too many short-term decisions and they need to think long-term and make long-term decisions. One of the, the biggest things that we run into is you make short-term decisions because you're looking at your checking account when you need to be making long-term decisions looking at your balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's a, that's a huge difference. 
Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a really huge difference. No, and I, I, I appreciate your candor with that. Hey, Scott, I've got a couple of more questions for you. But first, yes, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, as all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of starting your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Scott Walker. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Scott, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing that you're doing with your business right now? You know, um, God, there's so many things that we're doing right now that is just cool. You know, screens are screens. It's, it's, you know, what's sexy about screens, right? They keep, you, the, you, they keep the big giant Texas bugs out of your house. <laughs> here's, here's, here's our standard is we'll, we'll put a screen up to either keep the bugs in or out, depending on which way you want it to go. <laughs> well, I'll, t I'll tell you, I grew up in Southern California, very close to uh, where you are. And, you know, we had some bugs. I mean, there were mosquitoes, but, you know, there were a few flies. I moved to Texas, uh, you know, 27 years ago, and it was like, oh, my God, everything is bigger in Texas. So we, we need the <laughs> yeah. industrial screens from Screen no. Screenmobile here in Texas. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you try and find things sexy or cool uh, in the screening world. And so we're always being innovative on what's out there as far as products uh, for our franchisees. And so we've added um, there's a there's a screen out now that, um, uh, you know, a normal window screen has an aluminum frame and it goes into the window. Now we have them uh, where they uh, have like a stainless steel uh, frame so it doesn't bend. So you can bend it, put it in, um, and then when you want to take it out, you just kind of compress it, and then it pops out of the window, and you pop it back in. So you don't have to worry about a bent frame anymore, which is, you know, it's kind of an innovative thing, kind of neat. Um, you know, we have screens now. You're talking about Texas that, um, you know, you may have a porch or patio, and some of the things that we have now are motorized screens. They're in a roll. They roll down. They keep the bugs in or out, and then when you don't want it there, you roll it up out of the way. So you can hook it up to your home automation. Um, you can use sun control to keep the heat out. You can use bug control. You can put no CMs in. If you got pet issues, you can put pet screens. So from a product standpoint, we're always looking for, you know, what's new and innovative. You know, I look at it as uh, what can we bring to our franchisees that makes it a different income stream? What are the different ways they can make money selling products? And so when you start looking at your industry, whatever industry it is, um, you know, you start diversifying on different types of in income streams. So cool things for entrepreneurs to do is look at your business and then decide what are the different sources of revenue and then how can I expand those revenue sources? So that's one of the cool things we're doing. The other cool thing is, um, you know, we do have a, you know, a, a operating system for our franchisees, which is kind of cool when they use it, they can email and send pictures and videos and, um, you know, we've got away from, you know, when you walk into a restaurant or a store now, you very rarely you get a paper receipt. It's always emailed to you. So we're, we're kind of up on that technology as well. And it makes it, uh, makes it, uh, a professional image, um, that we do. We have, um, some new marketing pieces that are coming out. They're kind of cool. We're, we're actually doing thing. One thing, uh, 
kind of different is uh, in February, we're doing uh, Love Your Screens again. And it's a, a contest that we're doing. So uh, you send us pictures of your ugly screens and uh, the ugliest screen wins uh, the contest. And we have one of our franchisees come out and fix your screens. And, and then we also do a, a, um, another contest where um, love your pets again. So your you know, pets just tear up screens. It's, it's great for business. Uh, but we want to see if we can uh, help some of our franchisees uh, help some of their customers by getting free screens for any pictures that are sent for um, uh, of pets that have tore up your screen. So it could be dogs, cats, chicken, goats, horses. It doesn't matter. Whatever, <laughs> whatever animal is tearing up your screens. <laughs> so are you are you actively looking for great potential franchisees? Oh yeah, yeah. We're looking for great families that want to make a difference in their life. And if, if what we offer and what they're looking for comes together, we'd love to do business with them. And so we take them through an education process. It's just not about the money um, because we know that if we have to live with these people for 10 years and my staff have to live with them for at least 10 years, uh, I've been doing it long enough. I, I, I don't want to do business with knuckleheads, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to be frank. <laughs> Um, if, if I've got to spend time and my staff has to spend time with them, we want to spend time with great people. And to do that, uh, we have to be really what I call open kimono. This is just who we are, what we do. If it matches what we're looking for, great, let's do some business. If it's not, I'm good with that. You know, go, go find, like we talked about earlier, go find what business model fits with what you're looking for and what skill sets you have to bring to that business model. Uh, if it's franchising, great. If it's our franchise, great. If it's if you want to do food franchise or consulting franchise or what, there's a gazillion different types of businesses out there. Just find one that really turns you on. Awesome. Well, Scott, I love to ask the people who come on the show because we could talk about Screenmobile and Scott Walker all day long. But sure. I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. And so I love to know when you look out into the entrepreneurosphere, the world of entrepreneurship, who do you look at and say, wow, they're doing cool stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's people in our world, uh, in our service-based franchise world, you look at those, you know, there's the, the handymans and the house doctors and the, uh, in the franchising world. So I follow a lot with the franchising world and, and the different business models that are that are, that are, you know, how they're doing things in the franchising world that's making a difference. So um, I, I like following those type models because they're relationally based. And, and then we always look at how is one franchise model growing compared to another? Because without, without growth, you're, you're, you know, anything that's healthy grows. And so if you're not healthy, you got to figure out why you're not healthy and, and you've got to correct that in order for you to grow. So, um, you know, we've worked hard to correct that and, and make sure we're healthy. And we're, we're, you know, we're finding some great people that are and changing their lives. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but I look at, at franchise systems, you look at surf pro uh, and you know, the really the fun part is not only looking at the system, but actually talking to the different franchisees in different models. And so a few years ago, I, um, I was, I was, I went and bought a sandwich at a, one of the, uh, the franchise models of a sandwich franchise, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. So I was talking to the fran the franchisee and I, and I was, you know, talking to the owner and, and um, I said, you're the owner of the franchise. He's yeah. And I said, how many hours do you work? He goes, Oh, I'm probably working 80 to a hundred hours a week. And I said, wow. 
said, you know, what you do is make sandwiches. Can't you find anybody? He goes, yeah, I can find people, but I, I can't afford to pay them. I said, really? I said, let me ask you a question. Is, does your f- franchise care? <laughs> He's like, no. I said, does your franchise or care if you're healthy or not? No, they just want to make sure they get paid. I said, that's a shame. Six months later, the guy's out of business. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's really a big push is to make sure that, you know, we can control it. it you know, when you talk about a new franchise or, or a new entrepreneur, uh, you talk about productivity and results, right? So that's the world that the franchise model lives in. That's when I talked to the, the franchisee, the franchisor was concerned about how many sandwiches you can make and were you hitting the numbers that we wanted. But the real question with, a, with any business is, are you healthy? Are you doing the right things with the money that you're making and making the right decisions to, to make sure that you're in it for the long game? And you've, you've got to focus on that part. And so many, like your daughter who's going to college, you know, she needs to sit in that world because whatever she does, if she, does, if she ignores that part of it, then um, she, she'll be in it for the short game. She won't be in it for the long game. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's awesome. So the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I'm a strong believer that entrepreneurs have to do more than just make money. I, I think we have to somehow leave a positive mark. So, so mm-hmm. what do you do? Personally or business-wise? Both. <laughs> There's no rules. There's no rules. What do you want to tell no us? No rules. Yeah. So business-wise, you know, we just did our convention this year. And uh, the first uh, four hours of our convention, we asked our franchisees to uh, pack homeless kits. We'd like them to write a note in, uh, in a, in, and it's a basically a hygiene kit they give to homeless. We just did our convention in New Orleans. And if you've been there, uh, they have a, a, a pretty good size um, uh, homeless population. And so how could we give back? We call it Screenmobile Cares. And um, so we just had our, our, our team get together and we packed 400 homeless kits uh, and we'll be doing that every year at our convention. You know, in our office, um, we've worked at some of the homeless shelters. We've cooked meals. We've donated toys. Um, and, you know, you've done events. Uh, we participated in, in events that help donate funds. On a personal level, um, I'm pretty active in my church. I sit on uh, the elder board at the church. I, I've been in Africa teaching pastors how to do um, um, community health and uh, just basic stuff that you and I would just have no idea. And, and so, you know, giving back and working with orphanages in Brazil. I've worked in um, um, building uh, houses for people in Mexico. Um, so it, the list, and we just did, we just closed our church, uh, two weekends ago and, uh, we had 1600 people go out in the community. We helped 54 different organizations, um, just saying, Hey, you know what? Church is a, a place that you, you come, but churches needs to be part of the community. And so we closed church for the weekend and went out and served the community. Um, uh, it was, it was amazing. I think, I think so, that's great. And I, and I love it when I go to conferences, and I go to 50 plus conferences a year uh, when I go to conferences and they do something like you did where you're, you know, d- volunteering the time and putting the things together to, to actually serve the community where you're hosting your conference. Yep. I, I think that's awesome. I'm going to be speaking well. By the time this airs, it will have been a couple months ago. But uh, 
I give, what I do, and I talk about this once in a while on the show, is when I, when I became a professional speaker, I wanted to find a way to give back. And, and my daughter had gone through some pretty serious surgery about five years earlier, six years earlier, and uh, we wanted to find a way to do it. So we give a little bit, every time I'm hired to speak, we give a couple percentage points to two charities, one at Dell Children's Hospital in Austin, Texas, where we live, and the other to Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego, where Kate um, was operated on when she was an infant. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, we didn't have a children's hospital of, of this stature in Austin. So we had to travel to find the best doctors and the best care. And I thought between the two hospitals, you know, we'd raise $10,000, $20,000 over time. It's now over $70,000 that, that we've either donated directly or that we've fundraised. Or oftentimes I have clients who said, oh, that's such a great story because I often talk about it. Uh, I did a TEDx talk called The Art of Giving Small. And uh, one of my clients saw that and they said, you know, what's fascinating is we're ha- the past client of mine, but with a different association. The gentleman runs several associations. He said, we're having our conference in San Diego and we wanted a local charity to make a donation to. And he goes, I'd like to have you be the keynote speaker and we'd like to invite someone from Rady Children's Hospital to be mm-hmm. there. And they're going to give him a $3,000 check uh, after my speech. And he said, the one requirement is you have to tell the story that's in your TED Talk. On the stage so that we can tie it all together. And uh, so, uh, you know, so I, I get really excited when people who are coming to an area do something like that. And I get, I get to be part of that. Uh, by the time this airs, it'll be two months ago, but, but it's next week. And I get to be part of that where I get to speak, but my speaking then has a, a donation directly tied to it, to a really important charity for cranial facial yeah. surgery. So that, that's kind of an exciting thing. So I, I commend you for reaching into the, the local community where your conference would be held because I think that's great. Yeah. If you've ever traveled the world and you've been through, um, you know, some of the parts of the world that are that we you just have to experience it. You know, we're so blessed to to live in this country, you know, to have running water, constant electricity, um, sewage that goes downhill, trash pickup. Um, There's so many things that we're we're blessed to, to have here that just to give back a little bit is this tremendous. Yeah, I tell everybody if you're fortunate and, you know, I speak to audiences like your company, you know, if you're fortunate and, and you are fortunate, right? Look at look at where you work. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, we have to find our own way or, you know, whatever that is. And it can be, it doesn't have to be money. I always tell people it can be money, it can be time, or it can be good vibes. Because lots mm-hmm. of times these charitable causes, they just need people talking about them and, and, and giving yeah. them that moral support in the background. So sure. there's lots of ways to give. So thank you for what you do. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, Scott, it's been a delight having you here on the show. Um, Thank you, Tom. If people are listening and they want to know more about you or they want to know more about ScreenMobile, where do they go? How do they find you? You know, we have a couple sites. Um, Probably the easiest way is to go to ScreenMobile.com. That's our consumer site. Uh, If you go on the contact us, you can see it's there. If they're interested in a franchise, they can... Um, there's also a franchise opportunity and my development team will help them there. But yeah, the best thing to do is just go to our website and check us out. Screenmobile like Batmobile. There you go. So if you've got a screen, it's like being in Gotham City and you're in trouble. Batman comes to the rescue. If you have a screen emergency, Scott's team comes to the rescue. There you go. 
Perfect. I, I will Thanks let so. everybody know that you were not wearing a mask during this interview. So that's <laughs> totally cool. Very good. Hey, thanks again for being on the show. And thank you to everybody who listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a podcast. So thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, go tell your friends. The number one way people find cool things entrepreneurs do is their friend, their coworker, their mom, their dad. Somebody tells them, hey, you got to check this out. And then they stick around as a, as a loyal, long-term listener. If you really like the show, you can do me a favor and jump over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. New reviews make me happy. Uh, subscribe to the show. That's how shows get ranked is more subscriptions. So get everybody in your office to go subscribe all at once. Like you got 500 people, get them all to subscribe today. No, there but uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, I do appreciate you being part of the Cool Things community. It is a delight. You can always find out all the information from about me and how to get me to come speak to your company at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. The podcast lives there. Uh, there's videos, there's all kinds of things about my books, whatever it is. So thank you for listening. I appreciate the audience. Uh, I say it all the time. You got to go out and try new things. If you want new results, you got to go shake it up a little bit. So go out and try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.